Hold somebody's hand. Let's say this together. Our Father, Father, in the name of your Son, Jesus, we receive revelation that is found in Christ. There is no confusion confusion. in this atmosphere. atmosphere. Everyone Everyone can be owed you you. as we see ourselves in you. you. Your name alone alone is glorified. glorified. And we we are edified. Genesis 1. Amen. Amen. Genesis 1. You guys sound excited this night. I like it. Because, uh, so, like I said, it's going to be in sections, right? And um, we'll, we'll just, we'll just, why I'm putting it in sections is because I'm still trying to figure out how we tie to all the other sessions. Probably we'll, we'll figure that out later. But now, there's something you must know. And uh, look at it in Genesis 1. Let's see. Genesis 1, verse 1 to 3. He says, in the beginning, God created the heaven and the earth. And the earth was without form and void. And darkness was upon the face of the deep. And the spirit of, the, of God moved upon the face of the waters. And God said, let there be light. And there was light. Now, we're coming to this. We're coming to this text. Because a lot of people have thought this text meant... Let it be like you know, some of us used to have images in our faces, pictures, images. Oh, there was a time where there was just darkness all across the earth, <coughs> and the spirit of God, the water was flowing. You don't know water who created the water, water was just flowing. God just appeared from somewhere and just said, Let there be light, and there was that light. <laughs> That's not what he's saying. The Bible is not. The Bible is a salvation book, not a, uh, a theme. Are you getting me? But before we get there, there's something that you must know that irresponsible Christianity is a threat to God's agenda on earth or God's plan on earth. Irresponsible Christianity. Irresponsible Christianity will mean Christianity of, I just drink my coffee, I just, uh, I just uh, tie my shoe, Drink my coffee. I don't. I don't. Ha- I don't want problems. You know. I just. You know. Different things. Hey guys. Uh, we have. Uh, uh, we have a, a chicken night. A chicken barbecue night. <laughs> Those things <laughs> are irresponsible Christianities. Because we have quite a multitude of believers who have no concise or precise understanding of their purpose or that. If you ask a believer today, what is God's plan for your life? A lot of people cannot respond to that question. A believer, they can't. They will tell you, um, is to be a doctor, is to be an engineer. Fine. What is God's plan? That is your plan. You went to school for that. What is God's plan? For your life. Now, and you know, you can ask yourself that question. As you are sitting there right here listening to my voice, what exactly is God's plan for your life? If you can't answer that question as of now, it shows you are yet to come to a precise understanding of the purpose of your salvation. Because some people think that salvation is a call to solve life. And I tell you, that's why I tell you, when you are going for outreaches, don't tell people that 
Believing the gospel will give them good things is a lie. It is a big lie. Believing the gospel has never brought joy or good things to people. God did not promise us that in salvation. It's a lie. Stop saying, if you believe the gospel, you will have a car, you will have a house. It's a lie. You will work for it. Are you getting what I'm saying? That is why it seems like all believers ridicule believers praying for. Imagine we gather here now and all we are praying about is, Lord, give us a car. Lord, give us a house. You know, somebody can walk in here as an unbeliever and answer that prayer point. That's to tell you, that is not the essence of a church meeting. That can't be the focus of the believer. So, a lot of people have believed the gospel thinking that an invitation to the gospel is an invitation to a soft living, soft life living. Let me use that phrase. So they just believe that, oh, the Lord will bless me. Oh, you know, the bless me club. Oh, the Lord will bless you today. You know, you come, you come to church and everything they're telling you is, the Lord will bless you today. The Lord will prosper you today. The Lord will answer your prayer today. You are going to your next level. You know, now, this is the ending of the year. What you start hearing is, you are going to your next level. As you cross over, you will cross over and enjoy. As you cross over, you will not die over. As you, <laughs> as you cross over, you will receive the money you are supposed to. All the prayers you have been praying, all the crossover you have been crossing over, and you be and they be declaring. I declare, the money that begins ah, that is not used, it will come to your account. <laughs> you know, that's still. <laughs> but you know, a lot of Christians like that. And that's because they have no understanding of their plan and purpose or they, don't, they have no understanding of the plan and purpose of God concerning salvation. They don't. So, all they want is for their natural lives to be good and comfortable. Lord, just give me a house. Give me a car. Get me a good job. Boom. I, I ask people this question. Especially people that still have a lot of prayers unanswered. Let's use that word. I'm going to teach something on the need of unanswered prayers. This probably this year or next year. No, this coming year, I'm going to teach something like that. Unraveling, what, what this thing called unanswered prayer, what does it mean? We'll look at it from the scriptures. Now, a lot of people, and I ask people this question, I say, okay, if God finally meets all your needs, meets, grants all your requests, He gives you all the money you want, Gives you all the cash you want, gives you everything. Would you still serve him? Do you know that sincere Christians who have st- spoken to me told me that it's true, they won't. Sincere people have told me, ah, it's true. <laughs> what, what, what then am I going to church for? But you can't blame them. That is what they have built their entire life. Or what, you know, imagine you got born again. That's why, especially. All of you that do our churches in school, don't go and preach and tell people as if you believe the gospel, you will pass your exam. It's a lie. You will have to read to pass the exam. I should get to what I'm saying. Yes, Imagine you can tell a medical student as if you believe the gospel, you will pass. The medical student that is not sleeping at home. <laughs> we'll do my laundry. <laughs> I should get to what I'm saying. So, 
A lot of people are used to that bless me, irresponsible Christianity. And it's come, and I'm sorry to say, but it stays from even the preaching, the pulpit. Irresponsible. Oh, give me things. Give me car. Give me, oh, give me, oh, give me. Lord, bless me. Oh, okay. But you see, this kind of way of life that a lot of Christians live, is as a result of certain emphasis on the scriptures. They majored on the minor and they are majoring so much on what the scriptures did not say. So, as a believer, we must allow the scriptures speak for itself. What exactly is your purpose for living? That's one question you must ask. What exactly is your purpose for living? So now, to answer that question, let's go back to this Genesis 1 again. Let's see it. It says, in the beginning, God created the heaven and the earth, and the earth was without form and void, and darkness was upon the face of the earth. The face of the deep and the Spirit of God moved upon the face of the waters, and he said, and God said, let there be light, and there was light. Now, in our understanding of Genesis, we must understand that Moses often used the natural or physical things to explain spiritual or supernatural realities. So, what he does is that he picks things from the natural to explain the spiritual aspect. So, he says now that God's plan from the beginning is to create heaven and earth. Now, heaven yeah, does not refer to the atmospheric heaven, that is the sky. That's not what this heaven means. It doesn't mean that, yeah, we're coming at So rather, it describes a spiritual world with specific operations. Hope you know that heaven is just an immaterial world. I've said this over and over and over. Heaven is not somewhere in the sky. If you keep going up the sky, you will still keep seeing firmament. And you get to what I'm saying. If you fly across and across and across, it's still going to the firmament. So, heaven is not a physical location. So, that's, that's theology. And we're going to debunk it this year because I'm going to be very loud on theology this year. That's theology that makes people feel like when they die, they are going somewhere. We are going to debunk it this year. It's a lie from heaven. <laughs> no, not from heaven. From, from hell. <laughs> This is, when you die, you are going to heaven. No. Heaven is an immaterial world. It simply means something you can't see with your physical eyes. So that is why we are on earth here. So can we say the physicality of heaven is earth? Can we say that? You may not understand, but we'll get there. So the physicality of heaven is earth. So that shows the unseen realm is heaven. So when God said, in the beginning, let us create heaven and earth, it simply means, I want to create the material world and the immaterial world. Where, so now, where does angels operate from? Heaven, the immaterial world. Where does demons and his, and his cohort operate from? The supernatural world, the, 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 the spirit, right? That's the immaterial world. Are you getting what I'm saying? So there is the material world and the immaterial world. It's going to make sense. I'm going somewhere. Don't forget, we're, we're studying fighting the war. Now, what does earth mean? 
it just describes what we can see. Land. That's why you see, you see the Lord created the firmament, land, water, all of those things. And they were used to also describe spiritual operations. Now, that is why you will see how Moses explained something in Genesis 1 verse 6. Look at Genesis 1 verse 6. I want you to pay attention. Moses documented something about the atmospheric heaven. How, like, when we say atmospheric heaven now, it means what we can see now, right? Now, look how he documented our analysis. And God said, let there be firmament in the midst of the waters. And let it divide the waters from the waters. And God made the firmament and divided the waters, which were under the firmament from the waters. And they were above the firmament, and it was so. Look at verse 8. And he called the firmament heaven. Now, what, what is called heaven now? This kind. So it's it's very possible that you would look at the sky and say, Ah, I see you. But that's not heaven. Are you getting what I'm saying? Now look at what it says in verse 8. It says, and God called the firmament heaven, and the second, and the evening and the morning were second day. Look at the verse 9. And God said, Let the waters under the heaven be gathered together into one place, and let the dry land appear. And it was so. In verse 10 it says, And the God called the dry land what? Yes. So, and the gathering together of the waters and the sea, and God saw that it was good. So Jesus, so when Jesus was making reference to heaven and earth, he was explaining the concept of kingdoms. Now, it's because this is an exhortational teaching, I'm going to explain this properly for you as we progress in the year. Do the Greek word, the Hebrew word, or we'll do all of those things, but we'll get there. So, he explained heaven and earth as kingdoms. Jesus explains heaven and earth as kingdoms. Now, the word, he explains heaven as kingdom. When he says, uh, let thy kingdom come now. All of those things in the Lord's Prayer, let thy will be done. Matthew 6 verse 9, Matthew 6 verse 10. And those prayers give us insights into what Moses documented as. Uh, uh, let's go uh, in the beginning, God created the heaven and earth. So now, just to be clear again, earth is the material world, while heaven is the immaterial world. Does that make sense? Yes. Does that make sense? So now, there are activities that involve in heaven. God, spirits, angels, demons, his cohorts, right? Devil himself, right? So that's a kingdom. There is also the kingdom of the earth. And we're going to study all of those things. So, to create heaven and earth. Now, so why, why would God say in the beginning, God created heaven and earth? That's the specificity of where I'm going to. It says in the beginning, God created. Created means, and I'm going to show you from the scriptures, this word created. It's like saying, you know, in our world, when we say create now, how do you create things? Can somebody give me an idea? You use something? You use something to... Make create it, right? Make it together. Okay. You got a material to create something. Okay. So now, with your understanding now, can we say 
heaven and earth was created. Why is everybody? Why is everybody thinking? If you show you that, stand up and answer. No, sir. What is no? What is yes? So why do you think it cannot happen? Because what? They can die from water. They can die from water. They can die from sand. Sit down, don't worry. We're gonna study this. Oh oh this has a peg somewhere. We're gonna study this. This January, no, we're gonna, we have a lot of studies to study this January because we have to see the word created again. Then we'll look through the old scriptures. What created means because if we say so, that means so now can we say so? It's two it's two things now that I want you to think about. So does that mean that even an it was created out of nothing, or was even an it created out of something? Are you seeing the difference? Are you seeing it? So that's the question we're going to answer in the future. Not future, not this year. Was heaven and earth created out of something? Since you need something to create it. Or was it created out of nothing? So put that question now. We're going to answer it later. Now, so to create heaven and earth is to cause the kingdom of heaven to be seen on earth. So that shows we already said that the earth is the material world, right? Yes. And the heaven is the immaterial world, right? Right, guys? Yes, sir. All right, now, so, when God created heaven and earth, it is to cause the kingdom of heaven to be seen on earth. It is the announcement of a rule, a reign of God on earth. So now, we can safely say, God wants his plan, his mission, his purpose to be done on earth. And he created heaven and earth. Remember I taught you in glory meeting. I showed you in Habakkuk 2 verse 14. I said that the earth will be filled what? with the knowledge of the sea. Habakkuk 2 verse 14. Now, and we said that is God's plan, right? Yes, sir. We said that is God's mission, right? Yes, now, so he created that for his purpose. So now, the reason for heaven and earth is his purpose. So no man born on this earth is born without a purpose. Now, you should understand this because I taught you supernatural life not quite long. And I explained born of the flesh, right? And born of the spirit. Because every man is born of with a purpose. You should listen to supernatural life It'd be to make sense. So, this is God's mission on earth. So, whatever God is doing on earth, as his missions on the arrowhead, and the entire scriptures is written around this purpose. So, now look at something in Genesis 1, verse 2. He said, and the earth was without form and void, and darkness was upon the face of the deep. And God said, so when he it says it's without form and void, 
This darkness is not physical like nightfall. Like I say, you should stop reading the Bible like it's a thing. It's not a physical nightfall. It's not a, oh, everywhere I cannot see. No. It is not physical. Don't forget that in heaven and earth, there are kingdoms at work. And that's where we are going to. The earth as you see it is not natural as you think. There is a supernatural world underneath. Remember when you were younger, there's this statement that people say and say, I didn't used to believe it, but I believe it now. They used to say, ah, hmm, there is there's still powers from the underworld. I don't know if I've heard those statements. Yeah. It's true. It's true. 100% true. I didn't used to like that statement. I didn't used to believe it. But as I've studied the scripture much more in the last couple of one year, I've seen that it's true. Very true. The world is not as natural as you think. There is a supernatural force behind it. There are kingdoms at work. So it is not, so when it says the earth was without form and void, it's from the Hebrew word tohubo, that is, it was nothing, nothing. It's not, it's not saying, okay, now it is night. This is about 12, 18 in the morning. Everywhere is dark. That's not what he's saying. That, okay, God now came in and everywhere just became bright. <laughs> that's a movie, yo. That's a movie playing in your head. God is not that jobless to be giving us movie scripts in the, <laughs> in the Bible. So, it's a supernatural and a spiritual thing. So, why the kingdom of God is responsible to all the operations in heaven, the kingdom of Satan is responsible for the operations of the enemy. So now, there is the kingdom of God and the kingdom of the devil. I'm not being good this. Yes, sir. I'm not being good this. Yes, sir. There is the kingdom of God and there is the kingdom of the devil. So now, I want you to start joining the dots as I teach. So when he says, in the beginning, God created heaven and earth, we can simply say, there was something going on. Then in verse 2, he now says, the earth was in that form and void. Ah, uh-uh. suddenly. No, guys, see. Let's say you created something like this. Or this, this thing. Then suddenly, it can't be seen again. What do you think happened? That's the devil. Altering the plan. Are you getting what I'm saying? That is what Moses is writing about. God created heaven and earth. Then in verse 2, he now says, The head was without form and void. Ha ha. Here they just created in verse 1. And he now said, Look at what he now said. He now said, Darkness was upon the face of the deep. Who is the originator of darkness? The devil. The devil is the chief originator of darkness. So it was like a fight. Darkness was upon the face of the deep. God now came again. The Spirit of God moved upon the face of the water. He now says, let there be light. And there was light. He was saying, let there be light now. And he does up the power. And then, up. Oh, gee. Oh, gee. Rochester General Gas and Electricity. Okay. 
So, so why the kingdom of God is responsible for the operations in heaven, the kingdom of Satan is responsible for the operations of the enemy. I'm teaching this because I know I have not been emphatic and I have not been teaching you as touching the kingdom of the enemy. Ah, there exist too. We have to study it. It is necessary as a church. We should study it. I know everything you know is ah, the grace of God. God cannot keep. God cannot do. Oh. <laughs> After we finish this series, there's some song you gotta pick up again. Oh, send that no danger to be better. Send that fire. Also send that. You you will appreciate you will appreciate the everything background. They say, oh yeah. You know, you, you, you appreciate your MFM background again. <laughs> By the time we are done with this, you will see problems like this in 2020. You say, ah! There's this time for war. No! See, the Bible made us to understand that we must not be ignorant of the devices of the enemy. So, <laughs> I apologize that I've not been saying it. <laughs> Brothers, Sisters, we live in a supernatural world. Tell your daughter, we live in a supernatural world. We live in a supernatural world. And this, see, this supernatural world, the devil does not take break. You know, all of us, we did all the day. Christmas. <laughs> we had chicken. We did Thanksgiving. Everybody started saying happy holidays. Hope you know people died that day. <laughs> or Christmas day. Hope you know. Hope you know. Yes, sir. Who is behind it? <laughs> He's not taking break. But we, <laughs> we are coming there. Let me build gradually. So, in the epistles, let so now, let let's see how the. the Let's see how the devil. Let's uh, not, the, the, not the devil. No. Let's see how the Bible explains darkness. So you can see that darkness is a spiritual term. It's not physical. Look at Ephesians five verse eight. Ephesians five verse eight. I know you like the character of God. Oh, this is also another character. <laughs> Ephesians five verse eight. You can't be sleepy. We are not sleepy. We have study to study. Me, I just came back from the trip and. Um, my eyes is wide awake. <laughs> <laughs> you have to, you have to be wide awake. All right, praise God. All right, Ephesians five verse eight. It says, "For you were sometimes darkness, but now ye are light in the Lord. Walk as children of light." Now look at the word darkness again. Does he refer to a physical realm? No, sir. Does he refer to a physical reality? No, sir. So that shows it's a spiritual reality, right? Yes, it says you were sometimes darkness. Now look at in Ephesians 2. So because the Bible, one thing, one principle in Bible hermeneutics is that the Bible explains the Bible. Does that make sense? Yes, sir. Look at in Ephesians 2 again. Ephesians 2 verse 1. Ephesians 2 verse 1 to 3. It says, And you are quickened, you were dead in trespasses of sin, trespasses and sins. Where in time past you walk according to the cause of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air, spirit that now walk to the children of disobedience. Among who we hold at our conversations in the loss of the flesh, fulfilling the desires of the flesh and the mind, and by nature, children of God, even as others. Do you notice that this description here is not a description of a physical reality? I don't know if you notice that. I don't know if you notice that. 
Look at Ephesians 6 verse 12. Ephesians 6 verse 12. So that you see that darkness is not a physical reality. Look at Ephesians 6 verse 12. It says, For wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities and power, against the rulers of darkness. Are you seeing? Can, so can the rulers of darkness be a physical nightfall? No, sir. No, sir. Are you seeing? So when it says darkness was upon the face of a deep, was it a physical nightfall? No, Are you seeing it, guys? Are you seeing it, guys? So that clearly shows that. So when it says the spirit of the children are walking the spirit of disobedience, it calls it the spirit of the power of the year. And that is darkness, is that is a darkness is a spiritual condition. And it is sponsored by the devil. So he says, rulers of darkness in this world. So he's clearly seeing that darkness is not natural. Are you seeing it now? Darkness is not natural. Paul explains that darkness is the reason. So it, it is not natural. Darkness cannot be. Look at even in Ephesians 5, verse 3 to 11. You see in Ephesians 5, verse 3 to 11. Look at Ephesians 5, verse 3 to 11. Time would, time would not permit me, but let's, let's, let's read the verse. Uh, let's see verse. Uh, uh, let's see verse 8. Ephesians uh, 5, verse 8. It says, But you were, you are sometimes darkness. We, we just read it. But you are sometimes darkness. And now you are, you are now light in the Lord. Walk as children of light. So you see, it's referring to darkness again as a spiritual condition. Look at Romans 13. Sorry, it will make sense again. I'll show you some scriptures so that you will see that all through the scriptures, darkness has not meant a physical darkness. Are you seeing it? Yes, sir. It has not meant physical darkness. Look at Romans 13, sorry. Romans 13, verse 11 to 14. Romans 13, verse 11 to 14. Are you following this? Guys? Yes, sir. All right, look at Romans 13, verse 11 to 14. And now, knowing the time, that now is high time to awake out of your sleep. For now, salvation is nearer. Romans 13, verse 11 to 14. But now, salvation is nearer than we believe. Look at what it now says in verse 12. Very key. The night is fast spent. The day is at hand. Let us therefore cast off the work of darkness. Have you seen it? And let us put on the armor of light. So it says the work of darkness. Look at in 1 John 2, verse 11. 1 John 2, verse 11. Is it making sense, guys? Yes, sir. Look at 1 John 2, verse 11. It says, But he that hated his brother is in what? Darkness. Is it a physical condition now? No, sir. It says, And walketh in what? Darkness. And knoweth not whither he goes, because that, that darkness had blinded what? His eyes. So now, can we say in that 2 Corinthians 4 that we normally read, where it says, Paul says, he has bl- uh, the God of this world has blinded the mind of them, lest they believe. Can we say they are in darkness yes, yes, because sir. they have not believed? Yes, yes, so can we say those who are unbelievers now are in darkness? Yes, yes, can you understand what darkness means? Yes, Let's go there. So are you for emphasis, go to Second Corinthians four. So that you understand that darkness is not physical. Are you seeing it, guys? Yes, so can you understand that darkness in the Bible now is not physical? Yes, sir. How many of you are believing to your yes. Okay, good. Look at this, 2 Corinthians 4, verse 4. 2 Corinthians 4, verse 4. Look at 2 Corinthians 4, verse 4. It says, let's start from verse 3. If I have gospel be it, it is it to them that are lost. In whom the God of this world have blinded the minds of them which believe not. So can we say they are blinded because they are dark? Yes, 
Yes, they are in darkness. Yes, it says, let the light, he now use the light now, of the gross gospel of Christ, who is in the image of God, should shine on them. Look at it, verse 6. Look at it, verse 6. Look at it, verse 6. We are coming there soon. It says, for God, who commanded light to shine out of darkness, and shine in our hearts. So can we say that light that God said, let there be light, he was speaking about the salvation power. Yes, sir. Are you seeing it now? Yes, sir. So that shows darkness is not physical. Is super is 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 spiritual. It's a spiritual thing. So the enemy wants now the enemy wants us to believe that ungodly habit is a psychological problem. We just read it in Ephesians five verse three to eleven. If you have your time, go back there and read it. The enemy wants us to believe that ungodly habit is a psychological condition. Oh, you will need therapists. Oh, you will need this. <laughs> or there is maybe a lack of home training. <laughs> but the scripture teaches us that it is beyond what you are seeing in the physical. It is actually spiritual. But the one we explain it and say, oh, you just go to a therapist. You're just going to be okay. You're just going to be fine. It's just, it is just you will be fine that make people be in homes today. And they are mentally retarded. It is a spiritual condition. I've been saying this for years. That thing is a spiritual condition. How do you keep? How do people? How do people? How do you keep people in homes? Mentally retarded, and you are making money off them. And you tell me that that's natural. You don't understand. It's like saying the devil is walking side by side with human beings. To achieve his plan, thousands of people are in homes. And you say that's, you say, oh, so that they will get better. Have, they, has any, have you seen anyone that has gotten better since they got there? That's spiritual. See what I'm saying, guys. Yes, sir. Ah, and in this, you come here. We're going to heal them. Yes, ma'am. Ah, hmm. we're coming there. Ah, if it will cause problem, we are ready for it. That's why we are yes, studying fighting the war. Yes, sir. Now, so there is, there must be a recognition of the fact that the kingdom of darkness is actively operating in the earth. You must recognize it that the kingdom of darkness is actively on the earth. Very active. I just gave you an example. <laughs> Some of you even work with them. That's the kingdom of darkness. There's no, there's no need to miss the words. So, this is not. Now, don't. Now, this is not you being devil conscious. It is. It is just, and I'm not teaching you to come and say, eh, everything is the devil. No. It is just so that you are aware of what you are up against. You know, if, if you are ignorant of something, it's very bad. Ignorance is a delusion. It's, it's so bad. What I'm making you understand is just so that you are aware of, ah, this is what I'm facing. You. Are you getting what I'm saying? Yes, sir. So that you know what you are, at, you are up to or what you are up against. Now, so let's go back to our Genesis 1. So now we are certain that darkness is not physical, right? Yes, sir. So when it says, 
And the head was in that form of void, and darkness was upon the face of the earth. Is it physical darkness now? So that formliness and the emptiness that Moses was describing is the works of the devil. So that's the head was without form, the head was without void, that's the work of darkness. That's the weapon of the enemy. God himself acknowledged this fact in the beginning. So the good news is that God wants to do something about that darkness. That's the good news. He is not going to let darkness reign uninterrupted. He will sit back in heaven and watch the head go uninterrupted. Or go, go the way he wants it to go. So Moses now said, and God said, let there be light. So God's response to darkness is light. God's response to darkness is light. God's response is his spirit and light. So in the kingdom of heaven is the oppression of spirit and light. And that is of God. So whereas on the earth the oppressions of the evil spirits and darkness there is on this earth Evil spirit, though. there is darkness, there is Ajay, there is Osho, there is Emiri. <laughs> Some of you that don't understand Yoruba, don't worry, you don't need it. <laughs> there is witchcraft, there is sorcery. Are you getting it? There is still voodoo. Don't guys say, ah, I'm the resident of God in Christ Jesus. I'm the this. Yes, you are. But you must be aware that there is still unrighteousness in Christ Jesus too. <laughs> Are you getting what I'm saying? <laughs> it's, a, it's a spiritual world though. Ah. God wants his heaven to come to this earth. So what God wants is that he wants his heaven. So we can say his heaven is light, right? Yes. His heaven is his spirit. He wants his heaven to come to this earth. And what does he want it to do? He wants it to swallow the oppressions of the spirit or the oppressions of evil spirits. He wants his light to dislodge and displace, the, the, displace darkness in this earth. So when God said, let there be light, he wants his rule to reign over darkness. He wants to, as we shine the gospel, as we preach the gospel, as we heal the sick, as we go God's word, can we say we are shining the light? Yes, sir. So as we get somebody saved, can we say we are shining the light on the earth? Yes, because he wants his heaven to reign over the earth. He wants his light to reign over the darkness, to reign over the form and void, over the works of the devil. So this is God's purpose. And plan for the earth. It is very simple. God's plan for the earth is not so that Eleomos will take us to Mars. It's a good one. He likes it. But that's not his plan. His plan is that his end will reign all over. So that's why we're going to study this thing. That is to say, the, the second. I have this to say this thing. Um, the millennial reign, the reign of Jesus again. <laughs> we will study that thing later. 
is real is that he wants darkness to be out of the earth. And we are his vessels to do it. So, many times when we read, God said, let there be light. We think God was just crossing his leg and just saying, let there be light. Let, you know, the, the voice will probably echo. Let there be light. Uh, and there was, you know, the light will just appear. Our G will just bring the light. <laughs> yeah. We just think that that's what God was doing. <laughs> Let there be light is the continuing work of God's Spirit on the, work, on the earth. From age past to our own days, to even after our own days, let there be light. It's like saying, let the we continue keep being light. I think that's what I'm saying. Let there be light is God's continuing work on the earth. God's continuing work on the earth. It's an ongoing battle between light and darkness. If we will continually want to let there be light. As we preach the gospel, let there be light. I think that's what I'm saying. In Rochester, let there be light. In Indiana, let there be light. In Brazil, let there be light. And you get what I'm saying? Let it is con- it's a continuous work. It's not a let there be light. There was light. And everything just everything was just still. Everything was good. No. It's still a continuing work of God's spirit on it. As we preach the gospel, you know, we are shining the light in dark places. <laughs> you know, we, we, one of the things the Lord told us to do as a ministry is to shine the light in dark places. So, we are, so as we embark on the journey of what God has called us to do this year, we are lightening up dark places. Are you getting what I'm saying? Yes, we are shining the light. It's an ongoing battle. So, it is continually going to be an ongoing battle between the work, the light and darkness. Because darkness wants to retain his reign, whereas light wants to overtake. You know, it says the head was in that form of voice, and darkness was on the face of the deep. Darkness wants to keep being in that face of the deep. Darkness wants to keep staying. That's why if you turn left, you say, ah, people are not saved. That's darkness. You go to an entire place, no Christian there. That's darkness. That's the head not being without form and void. So what are you to do as a believer? Let's there be light. You are to shine the light of the glorious gospel of Christ there. Go back to that 2 Corinthians 4. Let's read what it says. Let's read what it says there. 2 Corinthians 4. So it's a war. It's a fight. Look at 2 Corinthians 4, verse 3. It says, but if our gospel be healed, it is he to them that are lost. He knew the God of this world and blinded the minds of them which believe not, lest the light of the, gospel, the glorious gospel of Christ, who is in the image of God, should shine in them. So we preach not ourselves, but Christ Jesus the Lord. And ourselves for your servant's sake. Verse, look at verse 6 very key. For God who commanded the light to shine out of darkness and shine in our heart, to give... So now, that shining in our hearts now, is now to give 
the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus. So as we preach the gospel, we are shining the light. As we heal the sick, we are shining the light. But guys, it is a fight. It is a fight. Because in 1 Corinthians 15, look at 1 Corinthians 15. 1 Corinthians 15 verse 24 to 25. 1 Corinthians 15 verse 24 to 25. Because you are going to understand why it seems like you have disciples to think. They are very receptive. Outreach. Very, very receptive. They don't block you. They, they spoke in tongues. In fact, they even give you all trust. The day that you met them, test them again. Hi, I don't know who is this. You just say, hi, hello, can we meet the, you just declare your, your message that was in blue before talking to me. I don't even know what I'm talking about. He <laughs> said, fight. First Corinthians 15. Verse 24. Look at what it says. Are you enjoying this? I'll just do one section today and we'll call it a night. It says, Then cometh the end when he shall be delivered up into the kingdom of God. Even the Father, when he shall put down all the rule and the authority and power, for he must reign till he hath put all the enemies under his feet. Jesus so, Paul was explaining that Jesus must continue to reign till his enemies are subdued under his feet. So, that phrase, and the light was good, speaks of the end of the battle. When he says, he saw everything and it was good. It's a future thing. He's speaking about the end of the battle. We're going to study it as the years progress. He saw it and it was good. So the light was good means light has overcome darkness. And the spirit, God's spirit has overtaken the earthly operations. And that is what we signal the end of time. That's what we signal the end of time. When the, all the enemies have been put under his feet. When light has subdued darkness. And we can start saying we are approaching the end of time. But I can't say that we are you, you and I know we cannot be approaching the end of time now. I don't know what I'm talking about. There is still enough grounds to cover. It is recorded, I, I did a research, that you can't enter Mecca. That's Mecca as a Christian. You can't. Only Muslims are permitted to enter that place. And there is lies going on there. So how are we going to reach there? That's darkness. Take one. Now, now don't, don't, don't even imagine we are serving the same God. Don't go and join those stupid, stupid theology. Me and Muslims are not serving the same God. Don't go and bring anything here. I'll just tell you. You are who is serving the same God. It's the same God. You are who? That means you don't even know the God you are serving. It's the same God. You are how? How, how, how is the same God? How? How is that the same God? How is, God, how is that the God of our Lord, our Lord Jesus? <laughs> you know, in my house in, in Lagos, there's, there's a place where they train these guys. I had to record the video. They were legit flogging these people for... I, I, was try, I tried to start a bit to see what's going on. 
These guys are not up to 12 years old. You see, big man, why do you not know the thing? Ah, why? Yeah, what does this one mean? So I stood. I, I had to even record a bit. So I, I tried to, to do it stylish. You know, they see on it. What are you doing there? <laughs> and they, they pounce on me. <laughs> but guys, they are flogging to a years old child for not understanding their Quran. And the guy is crying. No, I can't. <laughs> no, I want to show me practicality of what they used to sing. Do you have some they sing? Yeah, that's what they sing for when they are young. They don't have songs. But do they have some that look like song? They have recitations that look like song. Because that thing look like recitation, it still look like song. I don't know. Do you know? You do. <laughs> Do you know? Can you remember any of those recitations? Sing, sing to them. Sing it. Actually, I remember it in that This is yeah, maybe you did not have song in your own country. But if I, ah, what I heard was song. It was as though those guys did not. It was just this week. It was like those guys did not know the song very well. And they come out and they were giving them packet give. Ah, how I wanted to go and beg like. Ah, but I just remember. Hey, Hey, I still have service tonight. <laughs> before you will start praying, before I give you emergency prayer point of our twin. Or to get that come nothing. <laughs> so I just I just have to advise myself. People. I just <laughs> that's a darkness. So, so those people now that they flog at 12 years old. When they now reach 20 years old, you're not gonna tell them. Jesus Christ is known. <laughs> they remember all the kings he flogged them. You are not telling me now. <laughs> now, now, now. At 20 years. Why are you not telling me when I was 6? That, that, that's why some people, some, some, are, some, some are not believing. How do you expect me to drop what I've believed since? How are we going to get there? It's a war. Is a war. Light will overtake darkness. Darkness cannot win. It's a war. It's a fight. And we are going to engage in it. I don't want to fight. Oh. <laughs> you will fight. So, so, that thing we call rapture, because the word rapture is not in the Bible. Sorry to bust your bubble. There is no word like rapture in the Bible. It's just a school of thought of theology that brought it a couple of years ago. So that thing we call rapture is that God will now separate light from darkness. His sons, the ones endured by the Spirit, from darkness, the unbelieving men, 
the one ruled by the spirit of Satan. And that separation is what he recorded in Genesis 1 verse 4 by saying, and the Lord, look at what it says in Genesis 1 verse 4. Look at what it says. Look at it. So that rapture is called separation. Look at what it says. It says and God saw the light that it was good. And he called the light. He divided the light from what? So he divided the souls, the ones who have believed. The ones indwelled by the spirit from the unbelieving one. That's separation. So what will happen during that rapture time? I'm using rapture in quotes so that when I come back and explain it to you very well, you know, understand what I'm saying. I'm using rapture in quotes. It is that that's the day God will separate light from darkness entirely. Look at 1 Thessalonians 5, verse 1 to 9. It will make sense. 1 Thessalonians 5, verse 1 to 9. That statement will make sense. 1 Thessalonians 5, verse 1 to 9. 1 Thessalonians 5, verse 1 to 9. I'm still trying to do introduction. We'll get to our, our subject proper. Next session. Tomorrow. I'm just I'm still trying to introduce what I'm about to share this weekend. So we have the other side is the fight, have you? Yes, There's light, right? There's darkness, right? Yes, sir. There's a spiritual world mm-hmm. and there's a physical world. Yes, sir. We already understand now that by the time I start talking certain things, I start we start entering the realm of CAC, MFN, you'll not be surprised. <laughs> <laughs> you know, say, how come it's not in the Bible? It's in the Bible. <laughs> There are some songs we will go and wake up again. I'm telling you, we'll be clapping hard like say, you are a sis. You'll be shaking your head. <laughs> because you have no fight. You have no fight. All those. I just, I just, I just perceive that we'll just go in that direction. And you are not praying. Let's just go to Walmart. As we take a turn, we'll, we'll see a woman. Oh. <laughs> Look at Mr. Thessalonians 5. He says, But of the times and seasons, brethren, ye have no need that I write to you. For ye yourself know perfectly the day of the Lord so cometh like a thief in the night. He says, For when they shall say peace and safety, then suddenly destruction cometh upon them, as travel upon the woman with a child, and they shall escape. And they shall not escape. Look at what it says in verse 4. But ye brethren are not in darkness. Are you seeing it again? Yes, sir. Darkness as a spiritual reality, right? Yes, so we have agreed that darkness is not physical now yes, in the Bible. Are you seeing it? Yes, sir. It is a spiritual reality. It says, You are not in darkness, that the day shall overtake you as a thief because you are born again. It says, But you are children of light. So are you seeing that? Light and darkness are spiritual entities. Are you seeing it, guys? He now says, and the children of thee, and we are not of the night, nor of what? Read it. Nor of what? Is it physical darkness? No, sir. Exactly. So when it means nor of darkness, it simply means a spiritual reality. He says, therefore, let us not sleep, as do others. Let us watch and be sober. For they that sleep, sleep in the night, and they that be drunken, drunken in the night. In fact, all the things we will still explain as the years progress, is this night and day reality? So I've explained it to you guys before. I've taught some of you guys before that day and night also is a spiritual reality in the Bible. It doesn't simply mean uh, a physical day. 
uh, Monday, Tuesday, no. It's a spiritual reality too. But we'll look at that later. That's not our focus for today. Now, it says, let us know the day. So, but look at what it says, let, let us who are of the day. So, are you seeing it now? It's using let us who are of the day. Now, if, if you are already thinking day simply means Monday, Tuesday, now you will get lost in this place. It says, let us who are of the day now. Can we say, let us who are of the light? Yes, sir. Are we saying that? Yes, so, can we say day and night? Day simply refers to those who are in the light, right? And night refers to darkness too. Yes, sir. Are you seeing it, guys? Yes, sir. We'll still see it. One of the things we're going to approach as, as, we, as we study, we're going to approach Genesis 1 again. That mindset that we thought that the Bible is talking about, okay, one of the things I'm going to share tomorrow is Genesis 1 verse 26 to 28. To make you understand that he wasn't talking that you should be giving birth to a physical child. It's because what he now told us was we should have dominion over creeping things. How would we do you have dominion over lion? Do you have dominion over snake? If they call you, you don't run. I get what I'm saying. So he cannot be telling us that the reason why we are born is to go and be living. So, so that's why the Jehovah Witness book too. You know with this book, they they did this book and they make you feel like you'll be one garden and you'll be you'll be robbing elephant and the wrong theology, wrong theology. Is this? Look at it. We're going to study. That's one of the things we're going to study tomorrow uh, as we approach the next session. The creation story. We're going to pick the creation story again and pick it in the light of redemption to see that Moses was not writing. Moses was preaching. He wasn't writing, uh, God created this day one day. If you want to learn it, go ahead. let's go and do history. That's why you see that. Now, the Bible theology of dates, dates to 6,000 years. And that's where some atheists have problem. It dates to 6,000 years. And say, okay, the earth is about 6,000 years, starting with Genesis 1. But if you do archaeology very well, there are mountains and rock that dates to a million years. Some of you have taken anthropology classes. They'll tell you that. There are some rocks that are a million years old. I don't know if you notice. So now the question will now be: Is the Bible wrong? Is the Bible is the Bible false? I would rather pick the archaeology on that one. I don't know if you get what I'm saying. And stick with what the Bible. The Bible is not about a story. Every story is detailed as touching salvation, as touching God's plan. The stories are not just stories so that. You will just be entertained. Oh, one day God created everywhere. It's not a movie now. God just sat down one day and just say, oh, he saw darkness and let him be light. No. That's, that can't be it. In that sense, the same earth and ever he created, in that sense, darkness was upon the face of the deep. You don't understand? He said the deep, not the surface. <laughs> the darkness was upon the face of the deep. It says it was without form and void. And as this God said, let there be light. Your mind should have been thinking, ah, face of the deep. Let there be light. He now said he separated the light from the darkness. Ah. So you know what you now taught us? He called it day. He called it night. That he called it day, he called it night. Means this is the, there was already a distinction. Day, children of dark, children of light. Night, children of darkness. It's, it's, it's that simple. The Bible is not trying to write a story. No. 
That is why, if you are not, if you are not also careful, you read Genesis 3 and think that there was a time that snake used to talk. How <laughs> you you've heard those things before? Eh? There was a time they used to crawl on their belly. The reason why they are even crawling on their belly God, is because God caused them. Ah ah. No. Are you getting what I'm saying? No. So we're going to approach all of this text again. This, this, I'm one of the things I, I was telling you earlier. So one of the things I'm going to, if you notice, twenty twenty two, I was not, I was just of the basics, prayer, evangelism. This year we're going to approach theology very well. So, 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 so we we said day, right? We said night. So now. So what happened? Let's go back to our Genesis 1. Let's quickly wrap it up in Genesis 1 verse 1 to 5 now. Let's quickly finish it up there. So tomorrow we'll look at more in Genesis and all of those things. So it says, and God called the light. Are you seeing it? Day. And he called darkness what? Night. And you know we just read in the episode so that we are our children of the day now. I mean, can we say this is a separation? God was separating it. So he called the, the light day. And they call darkness night. And the evening and the morning were the first day. Ah, so we're going to start with this later. It was the evening and the morning again. <laughs> Alright. So now, Genesis 1.5 is the summary of God's plan on the earth. From conception, implementation to fulfillment. It is God's plan for the earth. So in this present time, we are still living in the let there be light. It has happened and is still going to happen. It is not just a past reality. It is a continuous reality. Are you getting me? So in our today's day, we can still say, let there be light in you are. Let there be light in the whole of Rochester. Let there be light. And that our let there be light doesn't mean we don't be speaking. Let there be light. That's not. <laughs> you don't gotta get to you are and just gotta ring bell. <laughs> Google, let there be light. The way it is public safety that will first <laughs> carry. Let no. But we are still living in that reality of let there be light. So, God's, and that's God's plan for the earth. Look at how John explains it in John 1 verse 1 to 5. Like I said, I'm just doing introduction tonight. And early in the morning tomorrow, or early in the morning, we'll pick it up again. And we'll have further lights. Amen. Amen. Look at it, John 1. So, this, this is a call to arms for us. A call to awaken our consciousness on certain things. How many of you, your mind is opening up, right? Yes, your mind is opening up to... Reality in the scriptures. So this 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 is something you must learn, right? In studying the Bible and approaching certain things, your knowledge must not also be lost. Because knowledge gives you a wide approach on how to handle issues. So imagine, look at we're approaching light now into the scriptures, and we must have also the right applications to it. Are you getting what I'm saying? Now, you know, in a wrong theology now will just tell you, just gonna be shouting, let there be light. In your campus, since we are still living in the reality, no, there is a fight to the let there be light. 
It is not, you can't just go and be shouting, let there be light. <laughs> there is a fight to it. So look at what look at what it says in John 1, verse 1 to 5. In the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was God. The same was in the beginning with God, and all things were made by him, and without him was not anything that was made. In him was life, and the light was, and the life was the light of men. And look at what it says in verse 5. And light shineth in darkness, and darkness comprehended it not. So he said that, having said that, how does God plan to achieve this? This genius plan of his light overtake. So can we say God's plan now is that light will overtake darkness? Yes, sir. Right? Yes, sir. Can we say that now? How many of you agree with that? Yes. Good. So now, how does he plan to swallow up darkness? To swallow up the activities of the enemy? To silence the activities of the devil? As we keep reading in Genesis 1, look at it now. Let's go back to our, let's go to Genesis 1, verse 26. Let's do it. How did he plan to do it? Genesis 1 verse 26. This is where we are going to. And we are going to stay on this text almost throughout this series. It says, And God said, Let us make man in our own image. After our likeness, let them have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the cattle of the air, over the, over the fowl of the air, over the cattle, over all all over the earth and over every creeping thing that creeped upon the earth. And God created man in his own image. And in the image of God, he created him male, female, he created them. In verse 28, it says, God blessed them. And God said to them, be fruitful and multiply. Replenish the earth and subdue it. And have dominion over every... And have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the fowl of the air. Over every living thing that moved upon the earth. Now, so what did God do? We have already seen his plan in Genesis 1 verse 5. That darkness would, light will overtake darkness, right? Yes, sir. Now, how did he choose to do it? He decided to make man in his own image. And after his likeness. Now, call to mind that. We have seen that God's spirit and his light. He wants to establish his kingdom on earth. He wants to find a way to... To put the spirit of uh, the spirit of light in man, and now why why would he do that? So that man will fulfill his mission on earth. That is why in Second Corinthians four verse four, we've gone there several times. Says, "In whom the God of this world have blinded the eyes of many, lest they believe the glorious gospel of Christ, who is in the image of God, the light should shine upon them." In first in Colossians one verse fourteen to fifteen, it says, "In whom we have redemption, even forgiveness of sins." Who is the image of the firstborn? Is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of every creation. So if Jesus is the image of God, and God's plan is to make man in his own image, then to be in his image is to be in Christ. I just I said so, I said it too fast, right? <laughs> so in first Colossians 1 verse 15, it says, Who is the image of God and all of those things? Now, the image of God simply means a man is in Christ. A man has believed the gospel. So when he says, I am in the image of God, let's go there. Go to Colossians 1 verse 15. Let me watch it. Because you also see in 2 Corinthians 5 verse 17, it says, If any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. All things are passed away. You know, things have become new. So that is when a man is in Christ, God's spirit is not indwelling in him. In John 14 verse 16, to 20, he said, I'll pray the Father that you send you another comforter who will abide with you forever. Even the spirit of truth, 
even which the world cannot receive. He says, because the world knoweth him not. In that sense, so that shows that when you have the Spirit of God, you have received the Spirit of life. In Romans 8, verse 15 to 16, it says, You have received the Spirit, you have not received the Spirit of fear again, but the Spirit of adoption, whereby you cry, Abba, Father. So that shows the Spirit that dwells in the believer is the Spirit of God. So, in, in Galatians 4, verse 6, it says, He has souls. That says, and because he has souls, God has set forth his spirit into your heart, crying about Father. Ephesians 1 verse 13. Ephesians 1 verse 13. In whom you also have trusted. In whom also you have trusted. After that we heard the word of truth. The gospel of your salvation. In whom you have believed you have seen with the Holy Spirit of promise. So that shows that when a man has believed the gospel, he has been sealed with the spirit. He has the spirit of God dwelling in him. So, because we have the Spirit of God dwelling in us, we have the light of God with us. So, that light that it says, let there be light, it says it has shined in our hearts. So, we can simply call the believer a child of light. You know, in, the Colossians, in 2 Corinthians 4, we read it, it says, the light that shines in darkness has not shined in our hearts. So that shows, as you are seated right here, listening to my voice, there is the light of God that has shined in your heart, and you are now a child of light. That's why in John 8, verse 12, if you've listened to, if you've listened to the reading of the story, you understand this text. John 8, verse 12, it says, and Jesus again says, I am light, I am the light of this world. It says, he that followeth me. What did he say? Who can remember it? He will not walk in darkness. And you see that darkness is a spiritual reality now. It says he will not walk in darkness, but he shall do what? He shall have the light of life. So you and I can simply say, I have the light of life. I have the light of life. Because you have believed the gospel. In Acts 26, verse 18, Acts 26, verse 18, it says to open their eyes and turn them from darkness into light. Ah, yeah. Look, go there, go there, go there, go there, go there. I want you to see it. At 26 verse 18. At 26 verse 18. I want you to read it yourself. Let's read it together. Are you there? I'll wait for you. Yes, Are you there? Yes, sir. Is everybody there? At 26 verse 18. Let's read it together. One, two, ready, go. To open their eyes and to turn them from darkness to light. Wait, so are you saying that darkness is a spiritual reality now? Yes. Because if you want to turn somebody from darkness to light, Look at what, look, read, let's read on. What to ready go? And from the power of Satan unto God, that they might receive See, forgiveness of sins and inheritance among them, which are sanctified by faith in So, when we preach the gospel, we are turning men from darkness to light. From night to day. So, they will no longer be children of the night, but they are not children of the day. They will no longer be children of darkness, but children of light. So, can we say you are of the day? You are of light. Are you seeing it? Have you seen it yes, now? Sir. So in 2 Corinthians 6, verse 14, it says, Be not equally yoked with, with, uh, with unbelievers. For what fellowship has righteousness and unrighteousness? What communion has light with what? Darkness. With darkness. Ephesians 5, verse 8, it says, For you were sometimes in darkness, but now ye are light in the Lord. Walk as children of light. So we are light. Say, I am light. I am light. You know, as I just said, I am light. There's, there's somebody, a friend of mine, a, a friend friend, he's not my, she's not my friend, she's somebody's friend. He's my friend friend. So, <laughs> I don't know whether it's a name, 
or a neat clean. As I know her name is light. So, so we are praying. Light, sister light. <laughs> when she could not pray, I now told my friend, why is your light not praying? <laughs> I thought she's supposed to be shining in dark places. <laughs> it was just a joke. <laughs> so, 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 so she was admitted to the hospital because she couldn't pray. Ah. And I said, I thought she's light. Is it not the place where she's supposed to shine? <laughs> so we just we just using those things to joke. Alright, Philippians 2 verse 15. Philippians 2 verse 15. Let's go there. Philippians 2 verse 15. Philippians 2 verse 15. I'm trying to build something to make you see that you are in the image of God. You are the light of God. Are you getting what I'm saying? Yes. So when it says, let us create man in our own image. That creation in our own image means you must be born again. Are you getting what I'm saying? That's the creation in his own image. See, let me tell you. Any man born into this world is in the image of his spirit. Is in the image of his spirit or whoever gave back to him. You are not, as you look like now, do you look like the image of God? Some of you have cut out, is that the image of God? Some of you are short. Is that you, like, you know, like Chava Kala that shrieked? I don't know how people shriek. So that was 5'3, but shrink back to 5'1, that'd be 5'0. <laughs> that can't be the image of God. Noah's here. I, I don't know you. I'm just joking. <laughs> now, so you are in the image of your parents. But for you to be in the image of God, of God means you are born again. Does it make sense? Yes. Now, in Philippians 2, verse 15, it says that you may be blameless and harmless. The sons of God without rebuke. In the midst of a crooked and perverse nation, among ye shine as light in this world. So we shine as light as believers because we are actually light. Say I'm light. I'm light. light. Not sister light, but you are light. <laughs> Colossians 1 verse 12. He says, giving thanks to the Father who has made us partakers, who has made us to be mixed, to be partakers of the errors in the saints in light. Thessalonians 5 verse 5. Ye all are children of light and children of the day, for we are not of the night nor of darkness. So, I wrote, we through those texts to show you that God's plan is to make man in his own image fulfilled in the new birth. So, a man that is born again is in the image of his parents, yes, but is also in the image of God. So when he says, let us create man in our own image, he's talking about being born again. He's talking about the new birth. He's talking about the salvation. He's talking about redemptive plan. Because it is the man in the new birth that will fulfill his plan. An ordinary man cannot fulfill his plan. Are you getting what I'm saying? That, see, are you, you guys, those of you that are listening to Supernatural like that, it's going to start making sense. Guys, right? Because I explained birth in, in supernatural life. Now, so now, listen. So if you are not listening, try and listen to it before tomorrow. It will make sense to you. Shall track two? Abi? Yeah, track two, right? Yes, sir. Yeah, track two. So now, so when we believe the gospel of Jesus, we become sons of God. We are now many God's image, created to function after the likeness of God. 
See, an ordinary man cannot function like God. An ordinary man cannot function like the Father. He has to have the spirit of the Father to function like the Father. Are you getting what I'm saying? He has to have the DNA of God to function like God. So, and how is that possible? It is only possible at the new birth. It's only possible at salvation. Not when you are giving birth to. When you are giving birth to, you have the spirit of your parents, the character, the DNA, the, the, the face of your parents, the nose of your parents, the eyes of your parents. But because of his plan in Genesis 1 verse 5, light will separate darkness, right? Light will let there be light. And that must be carried out by a man. And that man must be in his image and likeness. He must have his spirit. So only men like God, let me use that word in quotes, only men, let, let me say men like God, only men who have the spirit of God can do and all, can undo the work of darkness. You cannot undo it without you born, born again. In fact, you will finish it. In fact, you are not, in fact, you are able of the night. <laughs> you are able of darkness if you are not of the spirit of God. So can you now say confidently, every one of you seated here, can you say, I am created in the image of God? Yes, can you say that? Yes, sir. Why? Because you are born again. Does it make sense? But does that text apply to a random person outside? It doesn't. Because to be born in the image of God means to be born again. So salvation is God's first step in actualizing his mission on earth. So let me tell you what happened to you. When you got born again, you, first, you passed step one into his plan. So remember where we started from. We said there's a big question. And the big question is that a lot of Christians don't know their purpose. They don't even know their plan. And that's because they don't even know God's plan for the earth. Does it make sense? Yes, sir. Now, why are you trying to be a doctor? Because there are a lot of sick patients. There has to be a need for a plan. Are you getting what I'm saying? And then because there's also money involved. <laughs> Abi? Abi now. Yes, you will make money. But you also pay debt. <laughs> Except the forgiveness loan. It's you. Subdue me. <laughs> now, so it's the first step in actualizing this mission is to be born again. So when you are born again, now let's see. I don't know what year you got born again. I don't know when you got born again. Let's assume you just got born again now. So let's say now you got born again. And we're going to write a book this year. Be between now April, we have to write a book with supernatural life. So get start thinking. So, 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 I want you to start thinking and with what I'm teaching now. So you have to join everything together. Now, because we have, to, one of the things I want us to project is that a lot of people just get born again and they don't even know why they are. Oh, I'm being Christian, okay. I think and I believe a lot of explanations need to be made. If not, people will just be practicing Christianity and feeling, I'm just a Christian. I read my Bible and I go to church and 
I pray to God. So do you go? It is because they don't even understand why they are Christians. That's why they don't go to church. No true Christian who understands his purpose will stay off church. And we're going to get to it in this series. Because it is part, this coming together, eh? it is not a man that ordained it, it is God. I'm going to, we are going to, it's, it's part of this series. Probably, we'll, maybe that's one of, one of the things we share tomorrow night. It is God who ordained it. And it is part of why he wants to fulfill his plan. This one of you taking note, all of you listening, we pray together, we worship together. It is God that designed it that way. So, in, that's why I say, a lot of explanations need to be made to the new convert. Why he is born again. Because if he doesn't understand it, he is not going to... So it's like saying, you know, my Moron said, when the purpose of the king is not known, abuse is inevitable. So it's basically like saying, you are born again, but you don't even know what is happening to you. Some people go to church, but they don't even know the essence of church. I don't know if you get what I'm saying. Some people are just waking up every Sunday. They don't even know the reason why. They don't feel like it's just a tradition. Some people pray. They don't feel like they should just talk to God. They don't even know why. I don't know if you are getting what I'm saying. So, when you are born, so let's say you got born again today. This today, there is already a mandate that God has ordained you to fulfill. I don't know if you get what I'm saying. It's like saying you enter a door. And the door is leading to another door. Automatically. It's like saying you, you enter a school, try to get your degree. You are going to go through the four years. Are you getting what I'm saying? That's first. So the very first step in God's plan is, first be born again. Have my spirit. Okay. So when you have my spirit, you know, there's really a backtrack plan. The plan is that light will overtake darkness and you are the one that is going to do it. So, but the first step is you first be born again. So, one of the things we are going to write in that book and it's going to come out, it's going to come out by April. April, May. We're going to have it because we have to help. It was laid on my heart strongly. When I mean strongly, I mean with an urgency that we need to write. So, it's going to be like a, a discipleship manual that we, we have to help people understand the reason why they are born again. So I know we've written pamphlets, we've written... This one is, is like saying we are compressing a lot in one. Then we will explain what is the essence of church. You know, I taught, I taught you some months, I think a couple of months ago, on the letter to the churchless Christian. Because those things are very necessary. So now, God's mission on earth. So salvation itself is not the mission. So you being born again is not even the mission. It's like saying, is the, the icing on the cake. You just tasted the icing. You have not eaten the cake. So being born again is like, so when you preach to somebody and the person is saved, that's like 0.5 out of 100%. 
I don't know if you get what I'm saying. It is good though. It's good to be born again though. It's good to be saved though. It's good to be everything though. But that's like 10%. Let's, let's just say 10% out of 100. Because that's still not the plan. I don't know if you are getting what I'm saying, guys. Yes, are you getting what I'm saying? Yes, Salvation itself is not the end of the road. It is actually the beginning. You just started a journey with salvation. You receiving the gospel is just like saying, okay, let me put it, I just all my GPS and I'm going to Canada. Not Toronto. Toronto is just three hours. Manitoba. That's about 22, 23 something hours. That's like press. I just So being born again is like I just start my car. I don't even get what I'm saying. That is it. So now, the journey just started when you got born again. And it's important for us to understand the implications of this truth. Because there are a lot of believers that are only concerned about just be saved, just preach to them, just be saved, just be saved. Yes! And that's why we, we have to see this coming year. I'm going to be on your name. We have to take discipleship seriously. Training men, ensuring that men are growing in the knowledge of the word, ensuring that men are serious and consistent with the truth of the scripture, ensuring that men are... Because salvation is just the beginning. That's why, you remember I started? A lot of people are saved, but they're just, they're practicing and what I, I called it irresponsible Christianity. Oh, bless me. Oh, I just drink my tea. I'm enjoying the Lord. Hallelujah, somebody. Let's just praise the Lord. Ah, good. <laughs> but that's just the beginning. The real walk. So you can say, you got born again to start the real walk. Why am I born again? You are already born again. You are already seen in the Holy Ghost. It's too late for you. You should have told me now. You should have told me. Now you are now you are being told. You did not tell me. You are hearing it now. So, because that's what a lot of people just want to hear. Oh, I'm the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. I'm the this. Yes, you are. You are the light. God's spirit dwells in you. You can never see death again. This is your Christianity. You can never enter hell. Rich kid. Good. That's where it's just starting. <coughs> so there is. And that's why you see Christians going around in cycles. Going around cycles. Okay, God bless me today. The Lord did not bless them. They'll go tomorrow. No, no. They just keep going around cycles. Because they are. And they are like that because they've not paid keen attention to the scriptures. So there is a master plan. And salvation is a necessity to the plan. There is a mission and a work that God is doing on it that caused him to do all he did. See, guys, what do you think took God to become a man, to come and die? Do you think it's just only because of salvation? <laughs> no. He could have, if it is just for everybody to just believe it, there could have been an alternative. I don't even get what I'm saying. 
If it's not for anybody to believe a message, why do they have to shed his blood? I want you to think. If you think it was just for everybody who doesn't, oh, I believe, I believe. Then we'll keep preaching. He doesn't have to shed his blood. Because it is more than it. So now, thank God, all of you are saved. What next? There is a work. There is a master plan that God has set for us. Because he told us he wanted to make man in his own image. And that image is not physicality. It's his spirit. So he has made so all of us now in his image. Let's go back to that Genesis 1. Let's go back to that Genesis 1. So let's say, so let's read it now. Verse 26. And God said, let us make man in our own image. So can we say we are in this image now, right? Yes, sir. Because we are born again. Yes, sir. Guys? Yes, sir. Are we in his likeness? Yes, sir. Because we are born again? Yes, sir. Look at where the work started. Verse 28. God and God blessed them. And God said unto them, He now give us an instruction. Be fruitful. Multiply. Replenish the earth. And do what? And subdue it. In other and have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the fowl of the air, over every living thing that's moved upon the earth. So there is an assignment that God has given us. So we have been created in this image now, right? Yes, sir. But you are still not doing an assignment since the years you've been born again. So your salvation came with, came with classwork. <laughs> your salvation came with projects, with quizzes, with an assignment. And that's number one. Number one is what? He blessed you first. He first blessed you. <laughs> blessed means con- blessed like the Hebrew word Barak. He congratulated you. Say <laughs> welcome. <laughs> That's the meaning. He blessed you. He accepted you. I thought you blessed before. Yes. He means Barak in him. Congratulations. Welcome home. Rishki. You have done well. At least you are cross of death to life. Cross overnight. <laughs> <laughs> so welcome. You have jumped one step. So now. He says, be fruitful. So, how do you get fruitful? (laughs) He says, multiply. How are you going to do it? (laughs) Replenish the head and subdue. A lot of people have thought it is to have a giving bed. Come on, busy. You know, I heard a story. I heard a story of Pastor Pupo Olashe. He said that there's somebody in his dad's church that the, the, the husband was poor, the wife is poor, they live in like, you know, all these face me, I face you houses and all those one studio rooms. <laughs> we are so touchy. All those studio rooms. And they don't really have a job. And she, they gave her to this, I, I, if I can remember the story correctly. He said they gave it to the sixth child and they were expecting the seventh child. 
ah. They now said, he now said, they now went to ask ah. I said, ah. Well, do you even have the money to take care of this child? He said, ah. She now said it in Yoruba. Bibeli knows something. He means, let's, we should be fruitful and multiply. Then I said, even I told him the scripture says it. Is he talking to you? <laughs> you don't want the money to take care of them. <laughs> Are you getting what I'm saying? A lot of people have associated this text with. I'm not saying we should be. You be giving me. So I want to have 12, 12 children. Even Adam. Adam, that at least was the recipient of this text. Or at best, Steve. Because one went, they replaced him quickly with Seth. You, that you are a future reader. <laughs> after about 6,000 years after, the idea is, hmm. <laughs> Let me be fruitful about it. If, if there should be a fruitfulness and multiplication, Adam should have. Adam should have been popping the babies. Now we popping it out. No, that's not what he said. He gave us an assignment. And the assignment is that we are to be fruitful. We are to multiply. We are to subdue. We are to replenish and have dominion on it. And the fruitfulness of multiplication is not about natural procreation. It is not it. No, it is not. Now, I want you to call to mind that plants and animals were made and they were made to be fruitful and multiply on their own. Look at Genesis 1, 11 to 12. Genesis 1, 11 to 12. When plants and animals were made, there was already a natural way for them to reproduce on their own. Look at Genesis 1, 11 to 12. It says that God said, Let the earth bring forth grass, and the herbs yielding seeds, and fruit tree yielding fruit after its own kind, whose seeds is in itself upon the earth and it was so. So, fruit, seeds, they have a natural way to reproduce, to replenish, to be fruitful. That's why, inside an orange tree, you already see a seed inside to replant for another one. And you get what I'm saying? There was already a natural procreation for all those kind of things. In verse 2, it says, the earth breaking fruit trees, bringing forth grass, and the herbs yielding seeds after his own kind, and the tree yielding fruit, whose seed was after itself, and, this, and after his kind, and God saw it, and it was good. We're going to study this one in the spiritual reality too. Later. Not now. Look at the Genesis, look at verse 20. He says, look at verse 22. Look at, look at verse 20. It says, And God said, Let the waters bring forth abundantly, the moving creature, the heart life, and the fowl that may fly upon the earth and upon an op- in the earth on open firmament of heaven. And God created whales and every creature that moved up, which, which the waters bring forth abundantly after their kind, and every ring fowl and after its kind. And God saw that it was good. And God said to them, Be fruitful, multiply, fill the waters of the seas, and let the fowl multiply the earth. So that shows the way the living things reproducing after its kind. Now, so the question now will be, 
What kind of men are we? According to Genesis 1 verse 26, what kind of men are we? Let me, let me see. Let me see if you, if you are following me. Genesis 1 verse 26, what kind of men are we? Man in God's image. So we are men in God's image. So when God said, we should be fruitful and multiply, what are we meant to bring forth? Men in God's image. We are to bring forth men in God's image. And likeness. This is what we call evangelism and discipleship. It has been since Genesis. It's not a New Testament thing. It's not a Paul and Peter thing. So when Jesus said in Mark 16, go into the world and preach the gospel, what is Jesus saying? Genesis. Go and... So that thing we call the Great Commission, is it really a Great Commission? It has been a commission since what? Since the beginning. So what Jesus was doing was recreating the plan. This is what we call evangelism and it is a fight. It is a war. <laughs> We're going to go to this. So we are to bring forth men after the image and like them. Because a goat will not give birth to a lion. Right? A lion will not give birth to a chicken. A man in the image of God will not give birth to a man in the image of the devil. Abina, yes, sir. you will give birth to the man in the image of God. And he's not talking about natural procreation. No! He's not. No, he's not. So, as I begin to round up, so I will continue from here in the next session. So, as we engage in evangelism and discipleship, these two, evangelism and discipleship, is how we will reproduce men of the God kind on earth. It is how we will restore light. It is how we will let there be light in the midst of darkness. As we engage in evangelism, we will restore men to God's plan for their lives and purposes. So now, are you saying that every man who is born again is born to do something? Guys, are you saying it? Yes, sir. Guys, are you saying it? Yes, sir. So before you think that this is merely a walk in the path, what did God say? He says something very key. He says, God bless them. God said to them, be fruitful, multiply. He now says, I'll subdue it. Ha. He says, subdue it. Now, the term subdue, and which I'm going to talk about much later, is a battle term. And that is where I've been trying to get to. Because we said, this series is called Fighting the War. That word subdue is a, is a battle term. It means there is an ongoing war that must be fought and won. So, for the opposition to be subdued, even the work of evangelism and discipleship is war. 
why he told us to gather. Let's first know how we want to fight this 2023. That's the essence of this retreat. As we engage in preaching, in shining light, we're going to be traveling to so many places. I'm sure that doors are going to open. I've seen it in the realm of the Spirit. There will, be nice, there, there will be certain cities this year I will not be able to go to that. I will send some of you. That's what I saw. Amen. Are you getting what I'm saying? It's a fight. It's a war. It's a fight. It's a war. You see somebody's consistent today. He's no more consistent tomorrow in church. <laughs> it's a battle. You will preach to somebody today, he's saved. He has crossed the first step. This, the major step that you're supposed to undertake in his life, he will block you. It's a fight. It's a war. And we scripture told us to subdue. So from the beginning, they did not tell us to even rest. They told us to fight. So our whole fighting is not, oh, the enemies of my father's house that is doing me. Hope you see it now. I need to they are making the mistake. That's not our fight. Our fight is after the men that God has called us to reach. The battle for their soul. That is our own war. We have crossed from death to life. We have, the princes of this year, the power of darkness have no power over us. We are victorious. We are more than conquerors. Are you getting what I'm saying? But at the fight we are fighting, is the fight of the men that God has told us to reach. Men that we ought to multiply. Men that how to have dominion. And we are going to subdue. So it is a war. That's why Paul said in 2 Corinthians 4 verse 3. He said, if our gospel be it, it is unto them in whom the God of this world has blinded their eyes. So that shows when somebody has not believed the gospel and you are trying to preach to the person, the person is arguing, he calls himself an atheist, he calls himself a different name. It is a spiritual reality. It is not knowledge. It is not because they read too much. That they are reading too much. The devil made them do it to perverse their mind. Are you getting what I'm saying? Are you getting what I'm exactly. saying? It is a fight. How will atheists become a Christian? We are going to fight. You see, so when, when we read 2 Corinthians 4, is it logical that they are an atheist? Definitely. But there is, we already said there is the head and there is the evil. There is a spiritual world. So that shows in the spiritual world, they are controlling his life. Uh, uh, this one that God wants him to preach. Uh, this one will not be, you know, this one has to be an atheist. So, a stupid person, let me use that word. We see you try to preach to this person now and say, living is an atheist. That's the height of stupidity. He doesn't understand. He said, living now, she means an atheist. Atheist does not believe the gospel. Go to another person. That statement is a stupid statement. No, we will not live in. 
Because what he's doing in he himself did not know. He himself does not know what he's doing in. They are doing it from the spirit and he thinks it is physical. He thought he's reading something, but they are doing it from somewhere. Darkness, he says, God created heaven and earth. The earth was in that form of void. Everything, everything scattered. The earth that God created scattered. God is not trying to restore everything and say, let there be light. There was light. He separated the light from ah. You now say so. Do you notice that? Those of those people, some of those people that are atheists, are being Christian or agnostic, they came from Christian background. They only read something or watch one four minutes YouTube video. Their mind was just paralyzed. That's why we're going to pray a strong prayer. We're not going to hear into the voice of the devil. Are you hearing what I'm saying? You can't watch one four minutes video that will destabilize your entire life. You can't click on one link. And clicking on that link, you don't know that that is spiritual reality. You say, it's harmless now. It's nothing. <laughs> but they want to destroy your life. It's a fight. See, let me tell you. The devil is not happy that you are sitting here this night. He is not happy. If he wants to do it, he will, he will create a job. He will create one thing just to take it away. That's why I hate the American system. Why would there not be? Why should people be working on Sunday? But you know what? How we have explained it? Eh? We've explained it as we have to pay bills. We have to. Ah, we need money. We need to pick shift all day. You don't know that that's the devil trying to attack something. You were a Christian before. Fabent, study your Bible. Suddenly, you heard something. You watched something. You, you click on one link. Suddenly, your crystal lights started shaking. You are not smart. The devil just got you. He says, if our gospel be healed, it is he to them. Look at it. He says, the God of this world blinded their eyes. So, your eyes is open to the natural. But what's he open to? He's open to natural realities and science. You start thinking logical. Like the Aristotle says, oh, oh she. Aristotle, Aristotle that is doing you. Like, I, I watch one thing. See, the reason why some people are atheists today is because of one video they watch on YouTube. The person that, the person that watched the video don't even understand anything. He just gave them one theory in his mind. I just like, I just research one thing. You follow one person that research stupid thing, and that's what you need your faith on. It's a fight because the devil wants there to be darkness, and we as Christians, we can never let it out. We can't. It's a war. And this has been the war from time immemorial. The devil wanted to overtake and make sure that his own kingdom is advancing. We are going to get into the nitty gritties of this. One of the things we are going to study is I'm just doing introduction. We're going to pick it gradually. He wants his kingdom to advance. He wants things to progress in his own way. 
but we have the light and we are going to shine it. This 2023, we are going to to subdue. We are going to replenish. We are going to multiply. I'm telling you by the Spirit of God, we are reaching the millions. And see, it's a war. We are going to, thank God, we are fasting and praying for 40 days as a church. So get yourself ready. January 1 to February 9, we're fasting. There's no New Year celebration for us, so we celebrate after February 9. Because there's a war. There's a war. We have to fight. Those your family members who have yielded to something, they will yield back to God. Those your friends who are yielding to the spirit of the devil. Your father, Muslim, oh, he will be born again. I'm telling you, listen there, listen there. Because there's a war, and we'll fight it. There's a war. So, it's a clash of kingdoms. It's a clash of kingdoms. And let me tell you something. If the battle is won, See, the battle will be won like they will be saved. What the enemy will not start doing is to hinder their spiritual growth. They will be saved though. You get them say they, they will speak in tongues. <laughs> you see, eh? this was called first step. <laughs> okay, what do I do next? You will hinder the person. Their spiritual growth. You will talk to them. That's why it will be like you test them, they will not reply again. You test them, they will block you. You, you just be saying, that's not they block me. This and that. Ah, don't be so smart. Go and deal with it. That's why Jesus spoke in a parable in Matthew 13, verse 19. The parable of the sower. Look at what he says. I'm trying to round up. I'm already done. I'm, I'm trying to round up. Matthew 13, verse 19. So, we, we, we said there is an immaterial world, right? Yes, sir. There is a material world, right? Yes, sir. We said there is light, there is darkness. Yes, sir. We said God's plan, right? Yes, sir. And we said there is an assignment in the God's plan, right? Yes, sir. Matthew 13, verse 19. It says, When one heareth the word of the kingdom and understandeth it not, look at what happens. Let's read it together. Then do what? Comment the wicked one. Matthew 13, verse 19. Let's read it together. I'll wait for you. I'll wait for you. I'll wait for you. It says, when one heareth the word of the kingdom, what now happened? And understanded it not. What happened? Then the wicked one So this is wishes you see what I see. So what happens when you preach to somebody? Person doesn't what happened? The wicked one. Who is the wicked one? He comes to quickly steal it. That's why you look at, I, I preached to you yesterday now. What happened? Wicked war. Ah, I used to be a Christian before. But because I have too many questions, I just cannot answer them. Hey, this and that, that. The ones you know, the wicked one will come and steal it away. The job that is still that you are still managing. Just because, oh, you, that's why this year we're going to study a lot of theology just so that a lot of questions will be answered. I think it's what I say. The little John 316 that you know, you quickly want to steal everything. Because you have so many questions. And why is this happening the way this is? Why is God this way? Why is it? 
calm down. Because you cannot answer your question, and you to start yielding to so many things. Oh, they will sit down and evaluate. Well, that don't this to do. No, no, it again. It's a fight. <laughs> and we are going to fight. None of you will go cold spiritually. Amen. We are all going to burn for the Lord. Amen. Let's be serious. We are all going to. Everyone. Well, it's not going to be said of us that in 2023 we substituted ministry for jobs. Amen. We substituted ministry for. We substituted the work of the kingdom for just lying down on our beds. No. It's a fight. I'm supposed to be resting now, but I'm here because I know it's a fight. It's a fight. And we are going to fight it. So from the beginning, God never sold an idea of a soft life Christianity for us. He told us to subdue from Genesis 1. 1, not even 2. <laughs> so subdue is a fight. So he has never told us to be drinking breakfast. I just drink. I just drink breakfast. I just drink my coffee. Just I have a good time with God. Christianity will leave. It's not, Christianity is not hard, you know. We just we don't have to show. Why, why are you shouting as you're praying? Uh, why do you have to shout? You can just whisper to God. So you just suffer, 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 suffer. Whisper to God. Why do you have to shout? Why are you lifting up your voice? Why are you why are you breaking your up? Ogben is like, you don't understand that this is what we are fighting. We are lifting up our voice. Joshua, in the book of Judges, in the book of Joshua, when they wanted to go and fight war, take a territory. They march around Jericho seven times and blow trumpet. You, you are saying we cannot shout in prayer. I'm going to do why we pray aloud part two. You're saying, why are they shouting? Why are they exhausting their energy? Ah, oh, you don't understand that it's war. Wait. They were, they marched around Jericho with trumpets. And they said at the last trumpet, the whole of the wall will break into pieces. Do you know what that means? That's a shout. That's a fight. He and Jeff be drinking, be drinking coffee. Even Jesus, your Lord, when he went in the month of Gethsemane, he prayed, blood came out. That cannot be, that cannot be, oh, they just think it. I just lift up my voice and just uh, I just worship you because you know I'm God. <laughs> he prayed, blood burst out. What kind of prayer do you think Paul prayed? And the prison door opened. Go and watch a YouTube video on that kind of prison. You will see that that kind of thing can never have happened. A prison door broke. He says they heard their voice as they were shouting. You know what you know, they, uh, why are they shouting in prayer? Uh, they can just talk to God quietly. You do your own talking to God. We that we have war to fight. Let's fight our war. It's a fight. It's a war. You don't fight war by sleeping and looking. You are well trained. This year we're going to focus on a lot of training. You are well trained and armed for war. No soldier gets to the battleground all prepared. We did a good or bad soldier in mission is possible. You don't go to a war untrained. So God has never 
So the idea of soft life Christianity, let's just, let's just take it gently. Do you know it is less of taking gently that made America the way it is spiritually? Where they are not taking it gently, you will be complaining and say, Africa is not, Africa is not, uh, Africa is not good. Uh, there's no light in Nigeria. There's no light in Africa. There's no good road. There's no good electricity. But can you dare try certain things and say you want to, you want to, can a gay come out openly in that kind of nation? Yes, the ones that are coming out, all of us, you and I know that they are just joking and they are for money. Can a gay come out openly in those kind of nations and say, eh, I'm a gay, they prime their hair. They will slap the demon out of the person. And you say that country is not good. What good do you want? Light. It is the let's take it gently that made us the way we are today. You gotta try open gay culture. And Bishop will be still alive. <laughs> I don't even get what I'm saying. And Apostle Suleiman is still looking at you. That is it. But because we are trying to take things gently, uh -uh. we have light, we have money, we have our degrees. There's nothing we have. God is hushing our prayers. <laughs> you know? That's what you think your Christianity is about. No, I'm sorry, sir. I'm sorry, ma. That is not what Christianity is. Christianity has never been about our material things. If it is like that, the richest people on earth will be Christians. Are you getting what I'm saying? Yes, sir. It has never. I'll be at the airport sometimes, and I'm looking at these Arabs, men. They are bastard money. And they are not Christians. Bastard money. Sometimes I'll be in Abuja and I'll just be looking at all these Muslim guys, the way they will be spending out of the ah. It is not about it. From the beginning, God has called us to battle. He has made it clear that we are sons. And sons are not, really, are not made to be pampered. They are raised to become men of war. Soldiers on the battlefield. And that is what we are going to do in 2023. We are going to fight a war. We are going to enter a battlefield. We are going to subdue. And we are going to multiply. So any brand of Christianity that doesn't emphasize the fact that all these facts that I've told you, they are going to breed irresponsible Christians. And this set of Christians are a threat to God's plan. It's like saying, God's plan, people are, it's like saying, men are just getting saved without God's plan coming to pass. I don't know if you are getting what I'm saying. A lot of Christians, people have been saying, but his plan is still yet not coming to pass. I mean, if you see what is happening, that is exactly what is happening. 
So it's like say we are having more people inside the kingdom, but irresponsible people in the kingdom. Only few are doing the work. No. This year we are going for a lot of Christians. We are going. See, there are people that will be born again. Pretty few that we are going to decide. Because we will want them to do the work. That's why we're going to write a book. And that book is going to emphasize it very clear. Now that you are born again, there's a work. There's a project. So, imagine that you are recruit, you recruited someone to join your soldiers on the battlefield. And first, the enemy push back off on And the person tells you that he's not interested in the war. Just imagine. You take somebody to go and fight uh, Russia now today. And as the person gets to Russia, salvation. The person gets to Russia, salvation. The person that tells you, I don't, I don't like fighting. I'm not interested in fighting. <laughs> that is exactly what we are facing in Christianity today. A lot of people are saved, but nobody, they don't want to go to church. They don't want to commit to Christianity. Nobody wants to grow spiritually. They say it's too much. They are disturbing their life. They are shouting too much in prayer. That is exactly what it is. Who will win? That's why we have to do the work. God, I've always told you, God's vessel is men. Imperfect men like you is the one that God wants to use. Would you, would you feel disappointed and let down? And that is exactly how Christians are today. So, if you had any doubt whatsoever that Satan missed business in this world, just knew that he had to. So, now look at this. Look at something. See, let's, let's do an analogy. We see the plan in Genesis 1, right? God now created man in his own image, Adam. What happened to Adam? What happened to Adam? Eh? Eh? No, what did that is real? Satan came. Satan deceived him. It was very clear. Who spoke to him? It's the Satan. <laughs> so what did that God created? You know you, your mother created you. I don't even get it. So what did that God created? That God said, hmm, life. You know you don't know food for you. What happened? Did he believe? Satan. That's to tell you how much that guy <laughs> means business. So when he told, when, when, when Jesus told us John 10, 10, his work is to steal, to kill and to destroy, he meant it to <laughs> He will not let you go till he finish you. That's why see, the end goal of sickness is that they will die. Because he has to finish them. <laughs> and we are going to deal with him. We have the power. Yes, sir. <laughs> His own is the problem, our own is the power. Yes, sir. That's the beauty about it for us. That's why Christians that don't understand this are just lazy. We have the power. We just have to use it. I'm going to teach you believers' authority again. We have the power. We can stop him. Because why? 
God's spirit is already with us. The first man created disappointed God. <laughs> he yielded to the devil's strength. If the one that God created yielded to the devil, you, you that your mother created, you watch Netflix, you watch so many things, you are battling so many things, you don't think you cannot live. But I trust God. I pray for all of you. And I tell you, we are not losing any one of us. Amen. We are not losing us Amen. to bad influences. Amen. Strange friends around our lives we go. Amen. Amen. Is it that they get born again or they go? Amen. We are not losing any one of them. I won't be, I won't have to cry. I say, ah, God, this person, this person that has preached the gospel before. So, we said there's a fight, right? Yes, sir. So, Satan immediately went into action to Adam. So, what God proposed for Adam to fulfill, he couldn't do it. It couldn't be accomplished. After Adam sinned, God retreated the fact again. In Genesis 3 verse 15, he says, I will put an enmity between thee and the woman, and thy seed and her seed will bruise the head of, will bruise the head, and thou shalt bruise his heel. So God quickly told him, ah, he's still a man that will do this job. So what, what was, what was uh, Eve looking for? Eve now gave birth to a child, the firstborn. You know, touching his supernatural life. The first one came. He thought that that's the one. Came, disappointed again. Even I was supposed to do it. What happened? Came, killed Abel. Oh. <laughs> <Hey>. <laughs> Are you seeing it? Did that get me to set? God save set. <laughs> Are you seeing it? Adam, disappointed. She gave birth to Cain, thinking, when she gave birth to Cain, she said, I found a man from the Lord. That's what she said. Ah, when the Cain started growing up, she was not let the Lord do. Cain, kid Amen. Amen, I was also be at least the one that will fulfill the plan, that at least we walk in line with the plan. You, only walk in line with her. Then we enter Cain, kid him. Cain decided to be rebellious. They gave it to another one, said, God will keep using me. So I pray for you that you will not be in place. Amen. I'm praying this from the bottom of my heart. Listen to me. I'm praying this for every one of you under the sound of my voice. From the bottom of my heart. That God will not give you assignment to somebody. That thing that God has told you to do, that you were born to do, He will not give it to somebody. Your voice, your ears will not be disobedient. Your heart will not be unwilling. In the name of God. Let's be seated. That is how God works. You are not ready. Oh, okay, next. And you know the funniest thing? Sometimes it can be right inside your family. He sees you, you, know, you give your sister. 
He sees your sister in law, he gives your brother. He sees your brother, he gives you anybody. He might have even started from your parents. Maybe they were dickens in church or something. They just they were just not serious. He chose to use you. He chose you you decided to you just use another person. If you leave your family, you enter your cousin. If you don't, that's how God works. That is, I can show you from the Bible. I've told you before that when we read the Bible, we read the stories of how God has worked with men. Look at Jacob. Look at Esau. Who was the firstborn? Jacob. Uh, Esau. Esau was the firstborn. Who did he use? Jacob. Do you know what God did? God now went to pick and eat him. Abraham. Abraham was an idol worshipper. Such. See, that thing still shocks me to tomorrow. So does that mean? It's, it simply means to me that probably there were a lot of Christians that were unyielding. God went to pick an idol worshipper from his crash and use that idol worshipper. And do you know what God told that idol worshipper? He said, from you, nations will be born. Ah! Ah! Guys, if this does not make you cry, I don't know what. He's, he kept searching from Genesis 1. He used Adam. Cain. The Lord Abel, Seth, Enoch, Noah. After a while, different things happened. Genesis 11, they started building Torah of Babel. That's an idol worship. It doesn't mean that they were building Torah of Babel, doesn't mean that some people were just building Torah. So, no, Torah of Babel means they were building a temple to worship. Does it make sense? Yes. It's not the building that they, nobody can build to the sky. They know it's not a sky. They know God is not in the sky. They just built, just like what they did with the golden calf. That was the Torah of Babel. It was a place of worship. They rebelled. You know what God did? God went to pick an idol worshiper. And he used it. It's a disgrace to Christians. Until today, we are still saying the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, the God of Jacob, the God that fulfills promise. It is from that same lineage Jesus came from an idol worshiper. Look at another one, Paul, son of Sassos. That one should shock every believer. So you don't say you are willing, you know, because who is God? God is not a respecter of person. You think God will be God will be doing debate with you? And then, uh, I don't feel like doing this. Go. God wants to work with you anyway. Look at how God, God decided to show himself to Saul. Saul killed persecuted Christians. He was recorded in Acts 7 that he was there. He was the sheep originator of the one that, the person that killed Stephen. Luke made us see that he was there. He was the one that said, stone him. And God came, says, I am the one who you persecute. And his life changed. And he wrote to third of the Bible. Till today, me and you are still reading Ephesians. We are still reading Colossians. We are still from someone who was not meant to do it. And he changed the entire Christianity. Saul of Tarsus. So what is stopping you? What's your excuse? What is your why? Why don't you want to fight? There is an assignment he has given you. And that assignment must be carried out with or without you. So you are only privileged to be helping God to do his assignment. It's a privilege. I tell myself every time, it's a privilege that I'm preaching. It's a privilege that I'm pastoring. It's not a right. 
It could have been somebody else tomorrow. It's a privilege when you are discipling people for Christ. So you have to undo God's work with that kind of privilege. Solo, do you know? Do you know how Solotasos rose and even began to teach the disciples that Paul, Peter had to write the second Peter and say, the love suffering of our beloved brother Paul, of which the hard things he wrote. Ah! Who was, Paul was not there when Jesus was on alive physically. God raised him up to show us that if no one will do it, I will raise stones to do my work. That's the meaning. Abraham was an idol worshiper. The Bible says he's an atheist. He he's an idol worshiper. And he called him. So dearly beloved, as I close, you are saved by Jesus Christ. You have been initiated into God's army. You have been called to arms. There is a clash of kingdoms on the earth. And God wants his kingdom to advance on all the earth. Satan is going to surrender to this fight. 2023. I've told you by the Spirit of God, this year, you're going to see videos across the body of Christ of strange miracles because Satan is going to bow. Yes. It's not going to be only from our church. You will just see it. Instagram will take it. There will not be strange miracles happening in the body of Christ. Wild harvest by the Spirit of God. A lot of churches closed down because of the pandemic and the devil thought he has won. No, this is the year to restore it. Amen. We are restoring and planting more churches. Amen. If we have five this year, we have five this year, we are having 50. Amen. Are you getting what I'm saying? More churches. It's not just even for our own ministry. More ministry are springing up by the power of God. We are receiving it. And in this fight, he has to surrender. Ah, he has to surrender. He can't keep. He can't keep. So, why do you think Jesus was praying? Why? Why do you think he prayed that much? He had to, he had to surrender. He had to make sure that the devil surrendered. That's why the Bible now says in 1 Corinthians 2, verse 8. You see, they, they've lost it at that time. It says, if the princes of this world are known, they would not have crucified the Lord of glory. So Jesus' prayer was to make sure they did bow. And that's what's going to happen to us in this year. They should have known not to come near you. The devil would have known. It's a mistake that he gave you that soul. Is going to make a lot. The devil is going to make a lot of mistakes this year because of you and because we are going to pray. Yes. We are going to be loud of prayer. Yes. We thought we were louder last year. Then they were chasing us. Oh, we are going to be louder. Yes, sir. Hallelujah. We are going to be louder. It's a fight, and he has to bow. So the reason it appears as though Satan seems to be advancing is because God's men are totally unconscious of the realities of this world. Why, is, why does it seem like Satan's kingdom is advancing? It seems like he's winning. No, it's just because God's men are not conscious of this world. 
the approach to life is too casual, and that's why we have become casualties of this world. Your approach to your discipleship, to your ministry, to your life, to your Christian life is too casual. You think the devil wants you to be consistent as a Christian. You think the devil wants you to be funny. You think the devil is happy that throughout 2022 you did not miss service. You think he's happy. You think he's not looking for ways to stop you in 2023. You think he's happy that you are preaching the gospel. It's a fight. It's a war. So, my dear friends, we must arise. Tell your neighbor, say we must arise. We must arise. We must put on our armor. We must. We must advance to the battle with every soldier. Because there is a war going on and there is a supernatural war. So, guys, 2023 is before us. Another year to fight. Another year to let the devil lose. To lose in prayer. To lose because we are going to heal the sick. Right? Yes, sir. We're going to be louder on healing the sick. February, we're having miracles extraordinary. We're going to have a lot of miracles, a lot of healings. In February, we'll, we'll plan the dates. We're going, to, we're going to be more deliberate with our discipleship and evangelism. We're going to pray. We're going to be more focused on our own life too. We are going to watch every step we are taking. Are you getting what I'm saying? You are going to watch every steps. You are going to be conscious of what you are listening to. What you are feeding your mind on. You are going to be conscious of the things that have a say in your life. Because we are in a fight. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Yes, we are in a fight. So, we're going to be watchful with our relationships. I, I did a series of friendship. You can listen to it. We're going to be watchful on even our family. We're going to pray for our family a lot. That things go well with our family. You know? We're going to Trust God. There's going to be an harvest of miracles, a pouring down, and there's going to be planting of more churches. That shows that every man here is a cell leader. Yes, sir. Are you getting what I'm saying? Yes, sir. And more cells are erupting because you are going to multiply. Amen. So that shows that through the person you are going to disciple and teach and preach the gospel to, a cell is going to form out of it. Are you hear what I'm saying? Yes, sir. And the devil is going to be ashamed again and again and again. Mm-hmm. Let's just pray the Holy Ghost. What's wrong with this? We are in this world together. We are in this world together.
And we're praying, you are praying for that person you are holding. That this time in 2023, you are not found missing. You are not found wanting. We are not looking for you and you have given yourself to it easy. We are not looking for you and you have given yourself to something else. All we are seeing this time in 2023 is you advancing the kingdom of God. You fighting even much more. Are you getting what I'm saying? We are not losing anyone to the devil. We are not losing anyone to the devil. We are not losing anyone. We are not losing anyone to the devil. Look at your neighbor and say, 60 years from now. 60 years from now. You are still strong. You are still strong in the Lord. In the Lord. You are still strong. You are still strong in the Lord. In the Lord. I want you to say like that. Making a prophecy of the life of that. 60 years from now. You are still strong in the Lord. So now, you react to what you just said you can.